Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, listeners. You have reached the Voices of the Cannabis Wars, News from the Front Lines, where we are determined to present to you the news when it comes to prison outreach, defendants, what's going on on the ugly side of prohibition, because across the world we, we really see it being uh, prohibition being uh, presented in the news media as if maybe the war is over. However, according to us, according to over 50 people serving life sentences, and according to hundreds and hundreds, thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands, I don't know how many prisoners are locked up for a plant exactly, but I know it's a lot. And according to them, the war isn't over. So this radio show is an effort to help end the war by bringing the news right straight from behind the prison cells to right straight to the front lines where we're at right now. So welcome to the show. My name is Kristen Flora. The other host of the show is Mindy Griffiths. Um, we were the other host of the show. Eugene Fisher is not here anymore as he passed away after serving 25 years of his life sentence. So we want to just present this show in his honor at all times and honor Eugene and of course all of our people who have died in the war. And you can tune in later on in the show to hear, you know, a special tribute to those people who have died in, in the war. Um, this morning we have a great a great show lined up for you. Um, we have a first guest is a defendant from Northern California. Her name is Shelby Lucero. And Shelby Lucero has been to court over a hundred times. For what? You're like, what did she do wrong? Well, it has something to do with cannabis. And here on our show, we believe that nobody should go to jail for cannabis. And I don't know if you guys listen to the end of our show a lot, but Tom Corby, who updates us with the Northern California News, who will be on later. He talks about Shelby almost every single every single Sunday. Now she's been to her 32nd preliminary hearing, and it's like, wow, are they still doing this to her? Well, she's going to come on our show and tell us what she's been going through. She's going to tell us all about it. We're going to find out how you can help. She's also going to uh, talk a little bit about our current climate with the elections coming up and our current cases in our in our system right now. She's going to be excellent, fun. She's also an activist. She's not just a defendant, but she's also an activist. And she is just going to tell us everything that's going on in the world. After that, at about 9.30, we're going to get a call in from Craig Cecil. Craig Cecil is one of our heroes behind bars who is working on his 15th year of his life sentence for cannabis. Can you imagine being locked up for 15 years for a plant and know that unless the people on the outside fight for your honor like crazy that you will never, ever, ever, ever get out? Well, that's what Craig Cecil is going through. It's his life sentence. So we're going to get an update from him. Um, He's been having some things change in in his sentence and in the court system He's been updating us, so we'll find out more. And then after Craig Cecil, we're going to talk to George Monterano, who George spent 33 years of a life sentence in prison. And we're going to find out what's going on in his life. It's kind of an open mic, so we're not going to have anything specific for him to talk about, just what's going up with George Monterano on Georgie's Corner. After Georgie's Corner, we're going to hear from Randy Lanier. Randy Lanier is such a hero. He was best friends with the old host of our show, Eugene Fisher. And Randy was actually his co-defendant. And Randy um, helped Eugene transport 
a whole lot of marijuana into our into our country back in the early 90s. In fact, it's been told that if you even smoked back then, you was probably smoking something that they brought into the to the U.S. But Randy paid a very very high price for trying to get it to us, as he served 27 years of his life sentence for cannabis in prison. Okay, Eugene got out before Randy did, and then Randy got out. And before, you know, Eugene passed, they had a chance to hang out and have a life together. So we're extra specially thankful to have Randy on our show today to update us. He's working on a uh, TV show, reality show, and he's also a race car driver. So we're going to find out what's going on with that. After that, we're going to talk to Stephanie Landa, who is an ex-POW for cannabis and has a group called Freedom Grow where she raises oodles and gobs of commissary money and puts it right on the plant prisoner's books. Her son is in prison for the plant right now, so we're going to find out what's going on in Stephanie's life. Then after that, we're going to talk to Tom Corby. He's going to be giving us a Northern Chapter California update for the Human Solution International. He is one of their coordinators, and he's going to tell us what is going on in Northern California. Um, So with that said... Uh, Mindy, this is Mindy. She's the other co-host of the show. How are you doing this morning, Mindy? Oh, she's probably screening. We've got, um, yep, she is. She's screening. So we're going to introduce Mindy in a second. Um, oh, well, she her, her button's on for screening, but she's she's not screening. So I'm going to unmute her, unmute her mic. Hey, Mindy, are you there? I am. Okay, I was trying to introduce you but you were on the screening thing and there was no calls you were screening but I just want to introduce you to the guest before we bring Shelby on how are you I'm doing great doing absolutely fabulous it's a nice cool morning up here in Washington cool cool Cool. you're in Washington which brings me to this thing Mindy we've got a lot of issues with our Mindy is in a place where there is no internet so she's having to do the radio show from an undisclosed location that has internet. So if anybody would like to help us screen calls, um, help us organize the show, do anything to help us with the show, we would really, really appreciate it. So please send send, send us a Facebook message or an email or something and let us know you'd like to help. We really could use the help. But Mindy, do you, are you ready to introduce our first guest today? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Um, well, so yeah, oh, Shelby. Shelby's on the line waiting to tell us what's going on with her zillion different court appearances in the state of cannabis in California. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to unmute Shelby's microphone and introduce her to all of our listeners. Good morning, Shelby. How are you doing today? Oh, good morning. I'm doing well. You're doing well after being put through the government's wrath for all this time? Well... You know, it is what it is. Either I can right. sit here and have a pity party about it, or I can just keep on trucking. Good for you. Good for you. Well, we're going to talk to you about a few things. We want to talk to you about what's been going on in your life with this case. And then you're a big activist, so we want to talk about the things that are important to you, like what you mentioned the other day, the current cases in the system and the current climate with the election coming up. So first let's talk about all these preliminary hearings, your case, what type of charges you're facing, how much time you're facing, and why it's so important to show up and and help you out in Northern California with court support. Okay, boy, that's a mouthful. Um, (laughs) Let's go with prelims. 
So I have been, I think the last time I counted was over 54 appearances just for preliminary hearing. And yes, I did waive my my right to a speedy trial. Um, The best way to deal with any of these cases, um, in my opinion, and these are just for cannabis cases, is to wait it out. The the justice system seems to, uh, I'm sorry, not the justice system because I've been corrected on that, but the the court system ha- seems to um, keep wanting to have people take plea deals. And so many people that are incarcerated uh, just do it because they believe that that's the only way out. And truly, if you are not guilty of something and you really know in your heart's conviction that that is where you need to stand, you should wait it out until they give you no more options and you you either the case is dismissed or you take a lesser deal. I've been offered probably over two dozen deals, maybe even more. And they wow. were from, yeah, they were from while I was incarcerated to um, up until the last preliminary hearing I had. In fact, the last court case I had, which was over 100 appearances, probably closer to, I'm thinking 109 appearances in Sacramento County Court, Superior Court, um, over four and a half, closer to five years, that um, they really want people to um, experience some grief in this system. They want them to have some suffering. And with that comes, oh, my God, I just want to get my life back and I'm going to take this damn crappy deal no matter what. And um, if if you really take a look at it, I mean, you have to look at it closely because this is your life. You know, these people that are defending you work for you. You have to understand, and I learned this through Joe Grumbine. I didn't learn this on my own. I hadn't been through the court systems before. I didn't know what to expect. But, um, you know, you you don't know what to do, and you don't know what to say, and you sure the heck don't know what the circumstances are from the inside. I mean, I never in a million years dreamed that because I had a holistic healing center that, yes, it included cannabis, that I could have criminal charges and face up to 20 years in prison. Um, well, you're facing all which 20 are years in prison? All bogus. They're all bogus uh, um, charges. They're bogus charges because every dispensary in California is operating under those same premises. You know, they have possession. They have possession for sale, right? They have, um, oh, they, what did they, conspiracy. You know, they always like to add that one in like a pinch of salt in a recipe. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're we're all doing the same thing. My problem with Sacramento County was I was operating in a zone that we had been working on for over a year on getting an ordinance and just as the ordinance uh, came about that they were about to adopt and our doors were open to patients that they decided, the Sacramento County decided to put a ban on cannabis. Now, that's an illegal thing to do, but the county gets away with it because people don't have the money to sue the county. So we had a minimum amount of cannabis there. We probably had um, under five pounds. And that's what this whole thing is about. Probably two and a half million, three million dollars spent just wasted on taxpayers' money, taking me to court over a hundred times with over fifty something continuances. 
raided me on the 4th of July with overtime pay for special agents. Um, They came in and um, they came to our home with full-on body armor, automatic weapons, ski masks, an army tank, two helicopters, over 35 cars. And then they went to my dispensary where I had really good people that cared about my work and and about my patients were there and they were protesting. Um, I think we had, if I could name drop, because I'd like to give some thanks to those people. I think Lynette Davies was one of the first ones there. Uh, Dr. David Allen was there. Um, well, we, love Cologne. we love yes, her. Cologne showed up. Richard Miller. And, of mm. course, the beloved and passed on Ryan Landers. Bless his heart. He, uh, Bless his he actually... He actually filmed the raid, uh, and I just had a video release of that, and they're walking through and letting reporters go through it at the time of the raid, touch the evidence, and tamper with the evidence. I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Yeah, one reporter, the one reporter picked up my wallet that I left behind because I'd get there at like 7 in the morning and leave at 1130 at night, and I was tired. And uh, she picked up my wallet and said, this is Shelby Lucero. She opened it up, and she said, Shelby is, you know, in custody right now, you know. And she went on to talk about it. Well, guess what? I never saw that wallet again. (laughs) I'm like, and not only that, but the actual wallet had my street address in it. And our home was vandalized after that. Not just like they didn't steal stuff. They went in and destroyed things. My barbecue looked like somebody parked a truck on top of it. You know, they smashed things up in our home. They stole things. Our plants were stolen. Our grow equipment was stolen. Some of our furniture was stolen. I'm glad my darn dog wasn't left behind because he would have been stolen too. Oh, man. So when I got out of jail, I knew that that was the toughest time. Tell me real quick, how, how long ago did the raid happen and how long were you in jail? The raid happened July 4th. Um, like we were talking about, overtime oh pay for special agents on a holiday. Talk about racking oh up the extra tax dollars. Um, July what 4th, year? 2012. So this year turning around is coming up. I believe it's a little after four and a half years. But I'm including How long did you have days. to go to jail for so far? I was, I was there for about over three weeks, almost a month. Oh, my goodness. Because now they had me... They had me down as a um, threat and a menace to society. They refused to let me have bail. I want to so, know what the conditions were like in in because what type of jail did they put you in for that kind of? I was in Sacramento well, County Jail, and I was in a little corner unit on the second floor with a really nice girl who was totally strung out on. Um, some kind of psych med that she was on. <clears throat> she literally woke up to use the bathroom and eat, and then she was asleep the whole time. I got lucky because there were some people in there that were rough, but um, they showed my picture on the news every day for a week. Everybody knew I was in there for cannabis, and they couldn't believe it. <clears throat> there was a lady in there for selling meth who got out the next night, and she was still on meth and strung out. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Where is the justice system? 
women in there for prostitution, stealing baby formula. I mean, it was it was like being in a room full of people that just made bad choices, not criminals, bad choices. You know, stealing baby formula, I'm like, that was just a stupid thing to do. Is this woman a criminal? Probably not. You know, I'm like, well, like she didn't hurt anybody. Her family. Yeah, yeah, she didn't hurt anybody. She saw a big screen TV. She sold baby formula trying to feed her child. I know. I was thinking, what the hell is going on in here? And sitting there and ministering to these women that were in there for prostitution, I'm like, you're beautiful. You're 19. What the hell are you thinking? You know, they had scars <laughs> on their bodies from when men were. They stabbed him, and I'm like, is this even worth it? You know, it's just, wow. it was like being in um, being in an area where you had the opportunity to minister and check people in with reality and go, what is this all about? It was just bizarre. Um, I have hmm. a really good friend, Patrice Mahoney, that also helped me through this, and she was pretty much at every court case I had until she moved to the Southern California area. And she's still, you know, very supportive and, you know, tells me all the time how much I've grown and how much she loves me. And, and I know she oh. does. Yeah. So, so, so now four years later, they are still having this, this hold on your life. Um, what, what's the future looking like with your case? Is Is it, gonna get dropped anytime soon now we had a case out here the kettle or the bellingham three and they're doing the same thing with you sending him to court every single month for years and years eventually they dropped it they were facing 30 years so is is that something that's possibly looking forward looking into your future they actually had a um they filed a motion in my last court appearance to drop the case but my public defender was tied up he um, was in a trial in another room, and he couldn't get out to file the motion, so they just continued it until after the election, which is the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. Yes, how many about people, that. How many people with cannabis crimes have been put off until after Prop 64 almost is voted in? Now, that's a sticky wicket for me because... Here I am in the middle of a big fat court case, almost, you know, can, going on for almost five years. The um, Alma, obviously, if I was to support it, would be if I was to say, yay, everybody go out there, vote yes on Alma. I'd be telling people to do that for my own benefit, right? Because my case would be dropped. Well, instead me, I decided to have a debate to bring it to people's attention instead of bringing a one-sided opinion to the people that I care about that are in the Sacramento area and the influencers. So I decided to have this debate, which is just kicking me in the butt because everybody in the world wants to put me down. They want to tell me how my indecision is causing confusion and how I should be making decisions for the community, not stirring things up and it's just a plot to me having a party afterwards just because I'm drawing all this attention to myself that I should have um oh there were it was they were accusing me of having a party afterwards a free Shelby party and I'm like you know that's not a bad idea <laughs> thank you for yeah, that yeah no it it sounds good I don't like I appreciate my intention but 
thank you for party planning for me. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I'm having a lot of strife over that. And honestly, um, if I uh, I had a, one lady said, well, you're having so-and-so there. Oh, my gosh, he's going to speak horribly, and this guy's going to be drunk, <laughs> and so-and-so is terrible. And I'm like, hold on a minute. This isn't your debate. <laughs> I was going to plan this. And also, <laughs> I have much respect for many of these activists out there. I know it's not fun, and it's definitely not a paid-for job. But the people that I chose to be in this debate are people that I had a lot of respect for. And uh, I just wanted to say, you know, look, I'm sorry. I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Honestly, I was just trying to bring public awareness to this. Hell, I could just tell everybody to vote yes for Proposition 64, and I'd get my sorry butt off free, right? Happy, go on with my life. But that wasn't my, that wasn't my intent. My intent was to bring the awareness to people so they could make their own choice about this bill. Is it good for patients? Is it good for you? Is it good for California? So, current climate. I think totally it is. I, I haven't. I'm not in California, but if I had to be debated, I'd say, you know what? This is going to free our people who are suffering, like Shelby Lucero. I would vote for it. I think it's a good deal. And I I'm not telling you to do that. To, just for the record. I know, but I think like, it's going to put it out there and let people make their own decisions. That. Man, that's cool, yeah, Shelby, yeah. that you, you're fighting I'm for that. I'm just getting totally ramrodded from both sides. You know, oh. if the legal system doesn't kick your ass, and if your friends like you for who they are, not for who you're being prosecuted as, and if the justice system prevails, man, those activists out there, some of them have nothing better to do than drag other people down with them. And I just well, want to and say, our, our, defendants, our defendants are right in the middle of the road for them to for them to use too. I've I've watched a lot of defendants get mm-hmm. railroaded by he said she said, and a lot, I, you know I I feel for our defendants. They, what a bunch of jobs. Yeah, our defendants let me, take. Let a me huge just hit. say this one thing, and I'm going to be done with it all. If we could spend <laughs> as much energy that we are attacking each other and putting each other down and telling everybody how stupid or low or, or what a bad choice they made, if you could just take that energy and funnel it into a positive direction, we'd probably already be not just legal, but it would be decriminalized. I People believe the war would together. be over. Oh, my I believe gosh, the war would be so over. If we could all just take everything aside and push, push through to the end, I believe it would be over so fast. I believe it would. I don't know where it comes from, but somebody said, oh, you're part of the Sacramento group. Those are the whacktivists. And I'm like, holy Mm. cow. Everybody knows that there's got to be a little bit of crazy in some of the activists because it takes a bold person to stand up to a police officer and say, you know, no, I don't agree with you. Or it takes a bold person to stand up in front of, a judge and saying, no, I don't agree with you. It takes a bold person to go to a city council meeting or a county board of supervisors or even the state capitol and say, I believe your laws are not good enough. It takes a bold person, and you have to be a little bit out there to be able to do that. But, gosh, people rein yourselves in. Let's get this done. (laughs) Let's get, you know, let's get this so we don't have to. We need decriminalization. So I don't think I have 64 a, is the way to go. 
but that's my opinion. I have a couple little questions for you, but first I want to tell you it's 924, and every single Sunday Craig Cecil calls in from the federal penitentiary between 925 and 935. So at any point, this this interview is just going to br- br- come to a, a blunt end with no, like, hardly any goodbyes or anything when he call, when he calls in. So before he calls in, I just want to say, okay, are you – um, what can people do? Because if, if they, you, they you don't get a deal, if they don't drop the charges, it will probably eventually go to trial. At that point, you're going to be depending on one juror to say not guilty. So in my opinion, education as far as jury nullification is crucial in your town in the case that it were to go to trial. So um, what I would ask you is um, what can people do right now? I know they can come to your court support. When is your court support what they can do, what do you need help with, and what what does the future look like, the immediate future? Well, you? the immediate future, I don't have a crystal ball for that, but I'm hoping that you can see a picture of me that's free from the chains of the courts and the laws. Um, my next court support is November 18th at 9 a.m., Department 8 in Sacramento, and that is uh, 720 H Street, in Sacramento, California, Sacramento County Courthouse. Um, you know, just take a good look at current legislation and law and make a, make a really good decision about what you think if California is ready to be legalized and read between the lines, people. That was all I was trying to bring about to this debate. That's all. Um, Shelby, we have Amber Taylor. She's in, in the background of the uh, – she's one of our listeners. Her father is ser- serving life. Life in a Penitentiary for a Joint, and she, she's one of your fans now. She, she loves your story. She said one to let us know that your, your guest is killing it. She said, number Shelly, one dream, one team. So, yeah, people are hearing it, and they're, they're really liking what you have to say, and they're, they appreciate your fight, and we do as well. Um, wow, thank you. And, you know, nobody should go to jail for a plant in one joint. I'm sorry, but that, how can that even oh, no. happen? It's ridiculous. It is pathetic, and it's a waste of time to do this to our people. And this poor girl just wants her dad home. He's suffering from a, a cancer, brain cancer, a big, huge tumor, and it's growing, and they're not giving him proper medical care. And it's literally, she's literally going through a nightmare. But she listens to our show every week, and she's really feeling your story a lot. So, Oh, my yeah. thoughts and prayers are with them, too. <laughs> That's horrible. It That's is. Horrible. It is. So, Shelby, let's talk a little bit about um, Tom Corby, who is one of your major supporters and who does Thank come to so court much. support. Yeah, he comes to all of little... the I, I forgot to mention Tom and Donna. They are angels. They always come in. They have extra ribbons. They have a smile on their face. They're positive. And they show up as often as they can. Boy, the Corbys are little angels. Nobody can say different it. about them. I just I love, love them. them. I love and them Tom, too. I love he them plugs too. me. He plugs me every time he's on the radio, and I just so appreciate that. I'll never be able to. I'll never ever be able to thank them enough for what they've done for me. Yeah, I love them too. I love them too. Mindy, are, um, is there anything? Oh, she's screening calls. Mindy, I know you've been screening calls, but um, Craig can call in at any point. But we, I'm wondering, is there anything you want to say to Shelby? Oh, I just want to thank her for her continued fight and for her freedom that that always furthers the cause for everybody else. And 
Um, I'm going to have to listen back to the archive of this and, and hear the interview because we've got so many callers. I've been screening the whole time. Please do. <laughs> That's cool. Shelby, is there anything that we forgot to mention that you want to talk more about? No, not really. Just, um, you know, take a good look at Proposition 64. I'm not going to say one way or another how it will affect your life. Only you can know about that. But think about yourself and think about patients and make a concerned vote for you and for California. And um, that's all I wanted in my debate. <laughs> all I wanted. <laughs> The okay. Well, to be on Wednesday, so we'll we'll hope that it goes through. But right now, the um, the Highway Patrol has a look at uh, because they patrol the state capitol, which is where the debate will be. And if so we keep getting many other flare-ups, I'm sure they're going to cancel it on me. So I hope okay. that we'll be able to go through with it. Okay. Okay. Well. Cool. Well, thank you for calling in this morning. Um, thank you for having me. We appreciate it and. I want to just tell you, please just keep up what you're doing because, like, everybody's hearing it and everybody's looking up to you. Like, I know it feels like the government is attacking you and bringing you down, but we're all, we all want to see you come back up and we're all rooting for, for your case and for your cause and everything. Proposition 64, whatever, whatever it takes to, to get people to have to stop, stop, stop suffering in the system. Yeah, I agree 100%. Thank you so much for having me on the show, you guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a good day. Okay. You too. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys. That was Shelby Lucero, um, who is facing was facing is is facing twenty years in prison right now for cannabis. Can you imagine facing twenty years? A young a young woman. She's pretty. You know, she just spent three three weeks in three weeks in jail, and now she has to think about having to actually go back to that place for another twenty years if they don't drop her drop her down oh my goodness so um mindy i think we should we have an issue right now and it's 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 an issue that um tom or craig cecil mindy had not heard from craig all week so we were actually wondering if he was even going to call in this morning so i do want to bring me and mindy want to bring on bring on amber who was with the girl we were just talking about whose dad is serving life in prison right now for a joint and just talk to her just a little bit while we wait for Craig to come on because I want to know what she thinks about our, our prisoners um, not coming on to the show when they're supposed to. Um, good morning, Amber. How are you doing? Good morning. How are y'all? Oh, we're good. We're waiting for Craig to call, and I think we're getting a little worried because he hasn't called yet. That is so worrisome. Like, like just a couple of days without my dad calling. I don't know if they're on lockdown, if he's gotten hurt, if he's had a heart attack, stroke. I don't know what's going on. So I, I know how y'all are feeling. It's just, it's just so hard to have somebody in prison and you cannot call them when you want to. You know, I feel your pain. When my dad was dying, like every time he stopped calling me, I literally think the worst, and it, it, it tormented my soul from deep, deep, deep within. It's just a really eerie, tragic feeling that it's it, – because, you know, one of these times that they're not going to call because they're not going to be there, and that's that's what happened eventually. So it, uh, when you say that, I, I really I – feel, I feel your pain a lot. In fact, um, I want to talk to you, Mindy, screen and calls. There's some current news, you guys. So I'm going to use this time to share my news regarding the current case that me and my mom have against – 
CCA prison system. That's a very large private prison system that the federal government sent my father to while they were transporting him. They sent him there while they were finding a permanent place for him in the federal system. While he was at this private prison, he was literally tortured and neglected to death. Uh, in the meantime, my mom got out, and we have filed a lawsuit against the prison, and it was just a ruling out. Um, I don't know. I don't have any idea. I thought we were going to go to trial and all this stuff, but it's crazy. The private prison system, the attorney for the private prison, has asked the judge to uh, not make hold them reliable for my dad's death, but asked the judge to recommend that we sue the, the, the doctors that were in his care and not the actual prison for, for, for his death. It bothers me that the judge, okay, it's the federal judge that's hearing the case, which I don't think is fair in the first place. How the feds put my dad in prison, and then they're hearing the lawsuit against the prison that they put him in. It just sounds to me like a conflict of interest to have a federal judge in the middle of this case. However, the federal judge actually agreed with the prison, and said that, yeah, we should sue the doctors that the prison hired and not the actual prison to be liable. And so it's actually a recommendation from the judge, but it has to be presented to another judge to make it. And it's going to set, if, if they agree with the private prison, it's going to set precedence in the future for future possible cases of people wanting to sue the prison for neglect. Um, and it's, it's basically a, a big deal that's going on right now. In my case, as it's unfolding regarding my father's death, and it's really bothering me, but, you know, I, I, I just don't see justice, and that's what I'm fighting for is justice. So, anyway, everybody I listening, think, I think we need to check on. Yeah, I, um, I think that every, you know what, the doctors and the prison is responsible because there is so, there's like four different doctors that I have spoken to well, tried to speak to about my father. I can only get to their nurse. They, The doctor themselves yeah. at the prison won't even speak to me. But the doctors themselves have sometimes the have this in their mind that these that these are animals in a cage. I mean, I've had doctors tell me, well, your dad had medical parole one time before, so I'm really not even worried about it. You know, since since he's a human being and he got caught with a joint after getting medical parole, you're not even going to consider my father being sick anymore is basically what he was telling me. So I think that it, they all should be held responsible, but they should not shift the blame solely onto the doctors because the prison is what hold, holds back the care. Father has been written for asking for medical care too many times. I have a physical um, copy of the write-up that they gave my dad for asking for medical care too many times, and that's the prison's fault. Oh the doctors about that, and that's ridiculous. I mean, they they treat them like they're animals in a cage. So, so most of the time, those officers don't know if they're a rapist or or a man in there for pot, and they treat them all the same. And that's why nonviolent offenders should not be in any type of facility with violent offenders. Period. Our whole system needs reform. We cannot put mentally ill and addicts in a prison with rapists and murderers and expect them to come out and be um, conformed citizens. It's just not going to happen. And furthermore, there should be no no jail for drugs, period. How is there jail for no victim? Now, if a drug addict is out there breaking in houses and stuff, you put them in jail for breaking in houses, but not being for an, not, not 
going to jail to, for being an addict. That's just ridiculous. Right. It it is. It is. It is. Um, in fact, I have this. When you said that locking them, locking them up like caged animals, I'm pulling up this article right now that was put out. In fact, this case against my family, or this case that my my mom has against the, the private prison, made headline news all across Montana two two or three mornings ago. And that was the quote that they used from my mother: "Is that the prison treated my father like a caged dog, like a, like an animal?" Yeah. In fact, this is this is I'm going to read this. This is this is a short article I'm going to read regarding this was the this was uh, judge rejects lawsuit filed by widow a former Montana inmate. Uh, Magistrate judge has sided with the operator of the private prison near Shelby, rejecting a lawsuit. By the window of former inmate Richard Floor. The suit claimed Corrections Corporation of America didn't give Floor proper medical care during the four months he was served at the Crossroads Correctional Center. Floor died of colon cancer and much more, but that didn't say that in this. In 2012, less than a week before he transferred to CCA facility in, in Nevada, which that wasn't um, okay, so he suffered another health issues like COPD and kidney problems, but his cancer never got diagnosed. Uh, Flores family argued that the extreme pain was unbearable and care for himself during the time at Crossroads, and they, they called him for release to be transferred for a medical facility. Um, CCA provided testimony from a doctor who argued administrators follow proper standards of uh, care for floor. This cancer was untreatable before he came into the Crossroads. Uh, the plaintiffs called the former Yellowstone Yale administrator to support their claim that four needed care in Shelby Prison. Okay, I don't even want to get into what they did to him at Yellow, Yellowstone County Jail, but um, anyway, this isn't the art- article I was looking for. This is a new one I just saw, but basically in another article, they quoted my mother as saying that they, they treated him like an uncaged dog, but it's not actually rejected yet. Um, it has to go to another judge, and they have to take the recommendation. And I never even heard crap like that anyway. They make up the rules as they go along. I'm I'm kind of upset about it. But sitting here talking about this, we've got Craig Cecil who hasn't called in. He was supposed to call in eight minutes ago. You know, it makes me wonder if he's going through an emergency or something and worrying about him. Most definitely. And, and maybe he's in the prison strikes. Do you all know about the prison strikes that are going on right now? Well, are, they're not in the federal, are they? Are they just in the state? So most of the uh, prison strikes right now are in state. So is he a federal inmate? No, he's a – yeah, Craig is a federal inmate, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. So most of the prison strikes are, are state inmates right now. But I'm going to send my prayers up for him. I enjoy listening to him every – Sunday too because you just get like that inside look that most people don't even understand I know I know I'm, I'm worried about him and like I said Mindy um, Mindy hasn't talked to him all week the last time we talked to him was last week so uh, I hope he's not on lockdown or something Mindy's they can be thrown in the hole for just looking at a guard for too long you know what I'm saying they don't have any control there Right. Uh, Mindy, what do you think? We're talking about Craig not calling in yet. He's nine minutes late. You haven't heard from him. When was the last time you heard from him? Well, I it's it's been about a week since I've heard from him, but honestly, you know, I'm not on Cornlinks as much without having Internet. So um, I was hoping that he just, you know, wasn't 
emailing me because he knew I wasn't in the area, but I was worried. Yeah. So, um, there's a, I have to um, clock back in in three minutes, but there's a a Marine veteran that is getting charged with um, um, cultivating cannabis in Oklahoma in the same town that convicted my father for a joint and gave him 20 years, which is a life sentence for him because he's dying of cancer. So this guy, his name is Chris Lewindowski. <laughs> he was uh, medically retired due to a shoulder and back injury as well as severe PTSD, and he was on like 13 pills a day. And then um, he started to grow pot. He was busted for growing six plants and now faces a possible five years in prison. So this is his first offense. The reason why my father, Free Thomas Landris, um, was given 20 years is because of mandatory sentencing. In Oklahoma, once you get to your third offense of marijuana, then you can get 20 to life or you can be charged as, as an habitual offender, which is a life sentence. So this guy's just facing five years, but five years for a plan is way too much. So um, we're asking everyone to write a letter to the judge asking for no more prison time. Uh, the judge's name is Emmett Tallow in Oklahoma. Um, all of the information will be on my No Jail for Drugs page and my Free Thomas Landris page. Um, the address is 315 Southwest 5th Street, Suite 402, Lawton, Oklahoma, 73501. And, again, this is the same county that convicted my father, gave him 20 years for a joint. So I'm pretty sure they're going to give this man the maximum without a whole bunch of support. So so any of the viewers, listeners, please please take your time out to write a letter. Thank you. Um, how long do we have to write letters? How long do we have? When do they need to write? Uh, six more days. We have six more days. Okay, okay. And then the next thing before you have to go, can you just tell us how your father's doing last time you talked to him? Well, um, we're in the same boat. I haven't talked to him in about four days, so I'm getting a little worried. I put money on the phone yesterday, so I'm hoping that he'll call today. So next show I should have an update. Everything's the same so far. Still no appointment with the neurologist. Still no medication. Um, they do have do you have money for commissary because you know Stephanie Landa helps with that. We can have you been hooked up? Has your dad gotten any help through Stephanie Landa's Freedom Grow yet? No, he has not gotten any help from her. But this lady, uh, Tracy Glor, Lance Glor's mother. Yes, <laughs> this yes. lady has put. I'm gonna start crying. She's put money on my dad's books. Already oh, with oh, I love her so much. I mean, oh, just my God. twenty dollars just some paste and soap, and this lady don't know me from a pan of cane. All she knows is my dad's story, and she's just gold. I really shout out to Miss Tracy. That's Mama G right there. <laughs> Aww. I love her too. She helps us with our prisoner letters, get them printed too. So um, that's so, what we got to do, Cindy. We got to ask Stephanie to help out Thomas with the. So the reason why it probably hasn't happened, she hasn't helped them, is because. She does a lot of federal inmates, and it's a little bit different to get state inmates have different ways to put money on their commissary, money on their books, and it's a little bit harder for her. She's just we're all trying to figure it out. So we we're gonna get get her to send to send him some money real soon. 
We just have to awesome. initiate it and, yeah. and figure it out. So maybe you can send us a link or something that we can help her help help your dad that we can get to her so that she can help him. I'll send y'all the JPay link. It's a little complicated, but but maybe y'all can um, play with it and figure it out. But I, she she uh, mentioned me, I think, and told me that she was waiting for the hemp fest that y'all just went to to get some more donations. So she may be working on it. Okay. okay. The other thing, yeah. Amber, is Stephanie is doing a thing now where she's getting those money orders to people who can get them to the inmates. So it might be just a matter of, of her getting you the money order and then you getting it to your dad. Um, so gotcha. It, it, I, I, some some prisons in Oklahoma accept money orders, so I'll have to find out if it's only JPay or money order, and I'll get back to y'all with that. All okay. right. Amber, okay. you have a great day at work. You too. Thank you, girls. Y'all are super women. Y'all are inspiration. I love you. We love y'all too. Bye-bye. Bye. Man, you guys, Mindy, you know how, you know how it, good it feels to know that like um, when my dad was in prison and I didn't have a resource and then now that we've got this radio show and she has a resource, like someplace that she can call and vent a little bit, talk about her dad. Like it makes me so, so, so good to be able to have a conversation with her um, about her dad. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I love that girl so much. She brings tears to my eyes when I talk to she's her. She's incredible with her, with the way that she articulates herself. And um, she's never really said anything I could possibly disagree with. And I also want to say, you know, um, Lance's mom, Tracy, um, I want to piggyback what Amber was saying. She is a super mom. I have not seen somebody fight so hard in a long time for, you know, for their loved one in prison. I mean, she is like a dog with a bone, is not giving up. And if you want to see something inspirational, follow her on Facebook. Well, I tell you guys, um, I'm just going to brag a little bit and say that I actually know her. I went sat with her in court for her son and watched her shed tears and watched her fight her ass off, excuse my language, for her son. And she is just as inspirational in person as she is um, on her Facebook wall and to our other, our other prisoners as well as not just her son. So, yeah, it's, um, we love her. <laughs> Go, Tracy. All right, I'm going to dip out and check that other call, Kristen. I'll be right back. Okay, you guys. So she's she, Mindy's screening a call, and to me, I don't know for sure yet, but it looks like it's George Monterano. So I'm just going to tell you guys a little bit about him <coughs> Excuse me. while she screens the call. George spent 33 years of a life sentence in prison, in a federal prison. That's where he became best friends of our former host, Eugene Fisher, who we just honor to death. Like, I love him. He's he's our bestest friend, and he's on the other side helping us now. Oh, there that is, George. Mindy's still talking to him. But as soon as she's done, we're going to bring this hero out. He's only been free for about eight or nine months. In fact, I'm going to brag some more and say that I actually got to meet George at the Hemp Fest, and it was just such a pleasure. It's just like he was like talking to an angel who had been locked up for years and years and he was like a freed angel and he had wings and he was beautiful and I just love George so here's George Monterano with Georgie's Corner good morning hey, George good morning, everyone. good morning good afternoon everyone because of the time changes good morning uh, or afternoon <laughs> I feel I feel this is a special day today? I, no no he special means... day. huh oh 
Okay. Never mind. Yeah. Time didn't change. He's just okay. in a different time zone system. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> so, okay. George, it's afternoon where you're at. Excuse me? Say it again. Is it after- afternoon where you are at? It's always uh, it's it's uh, 12:45 when I call in, so it's a quarter one uh, over here, and uh, okay. this is a special day. I haven't shared it with anyone yet. I'm gonna, I'm trying to do a, a short film, but anyway, this is October 2nd. Is people? I was released on uh, uh, October 5th, but I actually found out that I was going uh, to be released October 2nd. Uh, oh. So, and uh, my my lawyer, uh, well, it's actually, uh, I found out at 7.30, there would be 7.30 on the evening of uh, October the 2nd. And my lawyer kept calling the family, but he didn't tell them what was the subject matter. But uh, I guess he didn't, he wanted to handle it properly. So I finally got, I was, uh, it was a Friday, and I forget what itinerary I was doing within the education system within the prison. But anyway, I finally got around to call him. I figured, you know, the same old, he hasn't heard from me or I, I him. So it was just, anyway, he asked me if I was sitting down. And I said, no, because, uh, you know, prison, the prison phones you stand by. Sometimes uh, the older guys bring a chair, but I, I said, no, I wasn't sitting down. Well, he just said, well, I have a piece of paper in my hand, and it was my, uh, it was the judge's uh, uh, order, uh, order for my freedom. And yeah, so I says, well, it's not going to be processed to Monday, because you know everything <laughs> in reference to the Federal Bureau of Prisons, it has to go through Grand Prairie, Texas. Your transfers, your releases. Even when staff asks for raises and stuff like that and job changes, it all goes to Grand Prairie, Texas. So anyway, and uh, I'm starting to explain to him how it's going to go. And, he, and I said, are you there? And he, and he screamed. He says, he says, are you coherent? I says, yeah. He says, I just told you you're going to be released. He says, why aren't you, ex- why aren't you excited? And uh, I says, I'll be released when I walk out of here. So, uh, because, you know, I've been through so much detriment and disappointment in my prison life. So, and uh, so anyway, uh, you know, I, I hung up the phone and uh, I said, geez, uh, well, time they call me to, time Grand Prairie gets the, the notice of this, time I actually get out of here is probably going to be late uh because I'm so used to things late on the 5th. But anyway, uh, then I said, geez, I have two uh, two friends of mine. They were in their 80s. They haven't. Uh, they were procrastinating, putting in their motions for the two-point reduction. They both had life sentences. So I said, I can't leave them without their motions in, because they, they get cantankerous. You know, they've been in prison a lot of years. They're elderly, and they... They just they won't ask anyone to help them, or they just don't want to be bothered. So I had to actually forget about myself, and uh, I had to start writing the drafts. It's basically a standard motion, and then I had to have them typed up, and then the copies made, and get them legal envelopes, and get them in the mail. Well, actually, 
time I got that all done from Saturday morning, because I couldn't sleep uh, much, uh, you know, I tossed and turned Friday because, you know, it was, even though I was tired from working out and, uh, and teaching, I still, uh, you know, it was popping in my head Monday, Monday, Monday. Anyway, from Saturday morning up until Monday morning, I had a cram to get these motions in because I just didn't want to leave without doing that. So actually, uh, really, once I stuck the two legal envelopes with their two-point reductions in the legal box, which you have to go to another uh, part of the prison, once I put it in, I actually stood, I backed up against the wall. And, you know, and the prison activity was going on. I once backed up against the wall and breathed. I finally breathed and said, you know, I, I'm going to be out of here today. And uh, and I stood there, and one guard that I knew, uh, I had a, I knew for a long time, noticed something. He said, he walked up to me, and he says, what's up? He said, you just up back against the wall. I said, well, you know, I'm going home today. I'm going out today. I said something like that. And uh, he knew me so long that his eyes watered up because he knew it would be injustice and, uh, you know, made me uh, get emotional. But actually, I, I had to wait two days for actually for me to think about my freedom. So today's, uh, you know, I feel ecstatic today. I ran uh, very early this morning for a long, long run. And uh, not so you look forward to doing the show with you beautiful ladies. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping to get something up today, if not on the 5th, to share with uh, the world about uh, my freedom being one year. That's amazing. I remember, George, um, when I found out that you were getting out. And um, actually, I don't think I knew you were getting out until you were out. And uh, yeah. it was um, it was really incredible. I had been following your story, story pretty tightly uh, for quite a while. And so to, to learn that was amazing. I'm kind of curious, though, a year later... Do you have any habits that, you know, you're stuck with that come from being locked up for so long? Well, we all know we did it on the, on post shows that, you know, I slept outside for three months in Florida. I couldn't, I, my sisters, I couldn't sleep inside. And, uh, of course, I couldn't stay in the rooms. But uh, when I came back up here, of course, my mom needed me, so I transferred my probation from St. Pete, Florida to Philadelphia. I couldn't sleep outside in the dead of winter, so I slowly adjusted to the room. And what I did is uh, I made sure I didn't uh, annoy uh, any of my mom. I kept my door uh, shut with a blanket under it, and I kept the window open pretty pretty much. And I was, you know, dressed in uh, basically sweats until, until today. I don't sleep under the covers. I've been home a year, and I don't sleep under the covers. I'm uh, basically dressed. And uh, some real comfortable sweats, and and I sleep on top because, you know, all them years in prison, I never slept under the blankets because it's a you could you could I've been in such violent places that I seen where uh, you know you're under the covers and 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 and, and situations they go into the wrong room, and I don't want to get into the violence etc. So I always had to be uh, you know dressed and. And up uh, before the door cracked with uh, with my uh, shoes on. So, and my mom, uh, she talks to me about it now and then. She says, "When are you going to, you know, forget all that?" And uh, but it's difficult. It's still difficult. And 
you know, relationships are hard. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember, um, this is Kristen, I was just going to say, I remember, you know, I've I've been on a lot of different levels while you were in jail. Um, I've watched the Human Solution fight for you. I've watched the Seattle Hemp Fest fight for you. I've watched our my group fight for you. Um, I've watched us all just put a lot of effort in. I remember there was a time when we thought you were going to get out and get out, and everybody all in one day, your, the, your attorney told told somebody at the Human Solution that they they needed letters, and I remember the Seattle Hemp Fest and the Human Solution and everybody just band together to write a whole bunch of letters. And, you know, my team that I'm part of, a writing team, we wrote about you for months and months in almost every issue. And then when you got out, we wrote about you in the Northwest Leaf in, in almost every issue as well. And when I found out that you were getting out, um, Eugene Fisher, I, I don't remember exactly how it went down, but I just remember that I was so happy you were getting out, but nobody could be more happy than Eugene Fisher. And I just it just touched my heart that he got to see you get out and that you got to get out and see him. And before he passed away, it's only been a year, and you guys got to be able to spend some time together. And that it just means so much to me to be to be friends with both of you guys and to see your freedom. It, it touches, it touches yeah. my heart. And I know it touches their listeners' hearts that, that you get to be able to witness your freedom with you guys. It, it was beautiful. Well, I thank everyone. I never forget. I just do the. I just got to, uh, you know, get off this probation and then come out, come out west for a couple months and really interact with anybody. That's one of my things I'm looking forward to. But uh, you know, as far as Gene, he was my friend. He fought the good fight. He fought the good fight, and uh, and you hear so many of that. You know, those guys that, that come out elderly, and and some of them, are, most of them, are not that great health, and. Uh, you know, they come out in a short while, they're, they're, you know, you hear they're gone. You hear so much of that. You hear so much of that. Speaking of health, George, it seems like you might be an exception to that because from uh, everything I can tell from what you tell us, you sound like you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, well, you know, God bless me with that. Uh, you know, I run I run sometimes <laughs> eight, nine, ten bucks. I do my morning routine, which is a run in an upper body. But uh, you know these 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 northeast cities they're so congested that when I have my appointments would be in Center City or South Philly, I actually run to them. So in the course of the day, even though I already worked out, I can add another five, six, seven miles just running to appointments. And uh, and they just uh, did you uh, did you uh, run like that in prison? Were you able to run like that when you were in prison? Well, Did you yeah, have a- in prison, I always ran. I, I always ran uh, every day, you know, because it's my, it was my medication to sleep. So, you know, full day exercise, full day of teaching, and then, you know, you read at night before you know it, you know, the day's gone. So, but I don't know how I kept my sanity because, uh, you know, basically I was supposed to, my sentence was released upon death. So, but uh, it was, uh, I beat, uh, I fought back the, you know, the, the, the days of when it was, you know, repeat the same thing over and over again. And I guess what kept me going is uh, friends and loved ones and my, you know, I, I so enjoy my creative work. <clears throat> Wish we luck. We're negotiating a, a TV show right now. Hopefully it's called the, the Row House, uh, Row Home Stories by George Martirano. And we and we did a little pilot. Now we're supposed to go into a professional pilot. I just did a 
my own little pilot. And, you know, with the, these northeast cities, there's a row home behind every story. There's a row home. And uh, I'm hoping to get that because, uh, like I said, being creative helps me, you know, get – still, even though it helped me immensely in prison, it's helping me immensely more so out here because it's diff- – like I said, it's difficult out here. You know, you smile – and you move along uh, uh, through your day, you know, you interact with this one and that one, but it's, it's still difficult. You know, it takes so much uh, abnormalcy away from you, especially 32 years. So, you know, you just got to force yourself to keep, to keep going. What does your you know, next I, year report look like? Go ahead, Nindy, sorry. What? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead with your question, Kristen. I was just going to say, what does the next year, do, what do you think the next year looks like for you? Oh, busy, busy, yep. busy, very busy, I hope, you know, uh, you know, speaking and if we get the show and writing and this and that. I've been procrastinating with the publisher. I have to get with a publisher. I have so much work for me to get out. Uh, but, uh, you know, I did so many years of hovering over a desk, you know, I hovered over desks with my own personal creativity. I hovered over desks with my students and, and, and pre-tests and post-tests and grading. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's just human nature. What would you rather do? Put a pair of sneaks and run out the door or get stuck in a room with the desk and paper and pen and all that? So uh, I imagine I'm going to have to get back to that a little more. I do my short stuff. I do that pretty much daily uh, for all my fan base. And then I do the short films. But actually to sit down and do lengthy stuff, like I've been, so many people want me to write my, my, my screenplay for my story, so many. But uh, I just, I, have, I haven't uh, got to that point where I can sit down and then, you know, you have to write, you know, four to two hours a day minimum. So wow. it's, all, it's, all, it's all good. Uh so that's about it. Well, George, you know, I know you are in prison with um, Eugene's co-defendant, Randy Lanier. In fact, Randy is going to be our next our next guest on the show, and he's going to talk a little bit. Guy. Yeah, he great, was working on a very, very very classy guy as Gene was. He was working on a uh, reality show, so we're going to talk to him about that. And um, oh, he's a, yeah, he's a very talented uh, race car driver. Yeah, I anyway, heard. So, uh, thank you for having me on, and I'll see you next week. We love you, George. We love you. I love you more. Bye, George. <laughs> thank you. All right, bye, Mindy. Bye, Christian. Bye. So that was George Monterano. What? Randy says that he is on hold, but I can't see him. Can you? He just dropped off. I did see him, yes. He was on there for a second. It looks like he just okay. dropped off. So maybe you can send I him a him text. I told him to hang. He's going to hang up and call back. So you might want to click him over because I'm he having is. a hard time with my computer. He's on the line right now. Um, it looks like, oh, he was. Now it looks like it just dropped off again. Um, so just tell him to try again, Mindy. So why we wait to get him on the line? Um, I'm going to just tell everybody a little bit about him. He spent 27 years of his life sentence in cannabis, for cannabis, and he got freed the same way Eugene Fisher got freed. In fact, there he is right there, so I'm going to bring him on. He's just only been freed for less than a year or so, so we're going to get a good update 
Randy, are you there? Hello. Can you hear me? Oh, yes, we can. Oh, good. Good morning, Randy. Hello, everyone. And you're live. You're live right now on on the Voices of the Cannabis Wars radio show. How are you? Very good. Greetings to all. Thank you. I'm I'm, I'm doing very good. Uh, Currently, I'm in Virginia visiting my mother, so life is good, enjoying every moment. Oh. Oh, you're visiting your mom? Uh, yeah, we just I uh, came up here Friday, so I'm spending four days up here in Virginia, and the trees are starting to change the color, and just the, the, the gratitude I have to be able to experience uh, all the wonders that nature has is just an amazing thing. Is that the first time you saw your mom since you've been out? No, the very first day that I got out, uh, she was in Florida on the day that I got out. So I went and visited her and spent the day with her before I had to report to the halfway house. Oh, how long? How long have you been out now? Um, well, I got out October the seventeenth, two thousand fourteen. I spent six months in the halfway house, and so um, basically a year and a half or so, uh, two years solely counting the halfway house. Nice, nice. Wow. So how has freedom been feeling for you lately? Go ahead, Mindy. Freedom freedom has been going just uh, wonderful. Uh, just in the last year, so much things have happened, and um, you know, it's just amazing things that the events that occur in one's life. And, you know, in prison, uh, you go from day to day, it's the same kind of routine. And here it's just, it seems like because there's so many different areas in life that comes about, it's just, it's amazing things what a person can accomplish in in a short time. I'm curious, Randy, if you could remind us how you got out of prison, because you had a life sentence, correct? I had a natural death sentence, life without parole. So yeah. can you tell us what miracles happened? Well, it, it all started at my 20, about 19 years, six months into my, my fit. Myself and my co-defendant, Eugene Fisher, received a notice in the mail from the U.S. Justice Department that they, are ex- they filed a motion to extend that forfeiture for another 20 years. Uh, the first that I've ever heard or my attorney's ever heard of extending a forfeiture which meant basically they could seize anything that we were related to for 40 years. Uh, The forfeitures only last for 20 years, and they had filed a motion to extend uh, our forfeitures for another 20 years. And that put in there, that opened the the availability for us to get into court because we had both had used all of our resources. All of our avenues had been closed out we couldn't file any more motions, but um, being that they, the U.S. Justice Department filed a motion to extend that forfeiture, it gave us access to the court again. And Eugene Fisher uh, started a lawsuit and some motions to for discovery, which ended up leading to some discovery that um, helped us get out. And some motions was filed by the U.S. Justice Department. Squashed the lawsuits and um, we ended up uh, negotiating a plea deal to uh, not follow through with the lawsuits and so forth. And uh, time served was granted uh, on a motion that the U.S. Justice Department filed. 
That's so, incredible. Do you think you would have gotten out as quickly if it wasn't for Eugene, or is this something that you were working on together? I mean, it's pretty hard to work together when you're in different prisons, right? Yeah. Um, at the time that we received the motion, Eugene was with me at Coleman, Florida, but uh, unfortunately he had some health issues and uh, shortly after we received the notice uh, of extension of forfeiture, uh, he was transferred to a medical facility in North Carolina, so that's when we separated. Uh, I kind of disregarded the stuff because um, I thought, well, uh, you know, what they can't get blood out of a turnip. So uh, Eugene kept walking <laughs> through with all the motions in court. Uh, he was adamant about the what he was doing, and I saw that he started making progress. And um, once that he started making progress, I followed suit. So Eugene Fisher really took the lead, um, and it was uh, thanks to him that I actually gained my freedom because uh, he was just uh, dog-determined to follow through with uh, every avenue that we could use. And he was really a, a legal genius for real, uh, if you ever really met him or talked to him in any legal issues, he just grasped the, the things really his intuition, intuitive knowledge on certain legal issues were just really on the genius side. Um, so yeah. let's talk about Eugene for a second. I I just want to say, you know, when you say that me and Mindy can totally relate to every word you've said because after he got out while you were still in you know, we started working with him on a really deep, deep level on a lot of different prisoners and him wanting to help them, and he knew everything. And he guided us into the right directions all the time, and he always knew what to say and what to do. And um, so this show, last time we talked to you, um, Eugene had passed, and we had you on on Eugene's memorial show. Um, And rest in peace to our dearest friend Eugene. I just got to say that while you're on the line. But um, what before that, we talked to you about what you were up to in your life, and you're making a reality show, and you're doing your race cars. You're going back to race car driving. Um, what have you been doing since since Eugene passed? Uh, a lot has been going on, but first, before I go any further, I'd I just like to tell you both that um, you both were really blessed to uh, to have a mentor like James come into your life. I know. So uh, with that said, um, I think you guys grasped uh, his intellect, which was probably pretty hard to grasp. Uh, I've I've been, you know, him and I have been through this journey for many years, for decades, uh, going through the legal system. And um, anyway, I'm I'm, I'm really glad that you guys got to experience him and uh, to have a mentor in your life because as we all go through this journey, uh, it's a great thing when you when you uh, a mentor comes in your life that can really help lead you and show you uh, uh, certain ways that to to walk the path that you're on and uh, that's that's how you create success is when you surround yourself with mentors and people that are in the area of life that you are really walking on. So uh, God bless that you was able to have him come in your life for the time that he was. To answer the question about what I've been up to, I. Uh, my life is full. I mean, uh, I'm just, I'm loving every moment. Uh, I'm up in Virginia visiting my mother right now for four days. Uh, I've been driving some race cars for a Porsche team testing. Uh, currently, um, 
um, a company is involved with a Porsche team to maybe negotiate some uh, racing for me next year with a, a Porsche Cup car, which is I'm really thrilled. Hope, hopefully that'll come to fruition and I'll, I'll do uh, some, some events. And I just finished in May shooting a, a reality TV show for Apple TV, and that should start airing uh, on Apple TV and BitTorrent uh, around anywhere, sometime in the month of October, it's somewhere oh, between cool. 15th to the 30th, the show should start uh, airing. They're just finishing the editing it and so forth. Um, and uh, just recently instructed a, a young lady in Daytona driving in her first uh, club racing. So that was, like, uh, encouraging. Uh, enjoyed every bit of that. And um, looking forward, uh, next year we're in the, in the talks of uh, some another possibility of a TV show coming about, which is in negotiations right now. And um, hopefully got a movie coming out in about three years, uh, working on that. Uh, it's a screenplay is being written right now. So got a lot going on. And uh, unfortunately, I've, all the good, I've also had some, some tragic developments in my life. I, had a girlfriend and um, lost her uh, in, on Father's Day uh, in June the 19th. Uh, she uh, passed away. So um, uh, with the good comes some tragic moments and just things that this journey has been like a roller coaster for me. Uh, I have great moments, and then I have to, it's like everyone else, sometimes we struggle, but uh, it only makes us stronger. Our struggles make us stronger, and, uh, you know, we don't can't really question why God puts stuff in front of us uh, on our shoulders, but things happen and we just have to work through it. And you bring, you're touching our hearts, Randy. Well, uh, life Every sometimes word, can be, my... yeah, life sometimes, the, 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 the curveballs that get thrown at us sometimes has a lot of spin to it. So um, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm just loving the moment. Well, the I'm impressed with your enthusiasm and your strength and everything that you're using your freedom for. Like, it sounds so inspirational. Like, you, you've had your freedom gone for 27 years, and now you're just living it up. You're just feeling it. And I, I, can, I can feel the freedom when you talk. I can, oh, I can hear freedom in your voice. <laughs> Hey, it's just, you know, I went out the other day, yesterday, and had breakfast out on a lake, and just seeing the the flowers and the trees. In, in the early 90s, in the maximum security penitentiaries in the federal system, all the trees were cut down. And so, uh, like Leavenworth and Lewisburg and Atlanta, you have these large walls. So when you go outside to the rec yard, uh, you are surrounded like a, by a 40-foot wall, and there's no trees, so you can see the sky and what birds fly above and stuff, so forth like that. So to be able to come out and actually go to lakes and have picnics and just and share moments with family and loved ones, it's just it's an amazing feeling, and you really see what life is all about is sharing moments with the people that you love. And uh, I'm, I just, I'm digging life. Wow, that's cool, that's cool. Uh, Mindy, is there anything you want to say to Randy? Oh, I'm just, hey, I'm just thrilled to hear it. Hi, Randy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just thrilled to hear all the wonderful things. I can't wait to see that movie. Uh, I may not have internet, but Redbox still exists in my world. And 
Um, well, you got a smartphone, so you'll be able to see the um, the reality TV show on your on your phone. Uh, uh, I don't have phone with... service either, oh, Randy. I am so. That's okay. yeah. That's why I didn't respond to your messages until this morning. I have to come into town every time I want to use my my phone or anything. It, it's pretty fabulous, actually. But it's I like that. It makes it a little <laughs> difficult to to do prison outreach sometimes. But Randy, I just want to tell you that you were talking about um, how how blessed we are to have known Eugene uh, because of all of his wonderfulness, but also. Eugene, if, if it wasn't for Eugene, I don't know that we would have been able to get to know you or George as well. And um, I, I'm really thankful that, he, you know, he's left you wonderful people behind to continue to inspire and mentor Kristen and I, because I mean, I do, I feel really Aww. blessed. And Eugene has uh, left ripples in my world that go long further out than I'll ever even know. So and uh, and you're one of them, so thank you, Randy. Thank you. <laughs> That's a, the the uh, metaphor there for the ripples is a wonderful thing because uh, what we say and what we do, our actions and our words, exactly what they do, they cause ripples because just like when you say something to someone, you can't take it back, and whether it's good or bad or not, whether it is, it's it's enlarged with them. So it's a great thing, Eugene. Really. Uh, Pays the way for a lot of this uh, clemency stuff that's coming about that you, you, people don't really realize it, but uh, Eugene was about one of the first uh, people that had gotten a life sentence off of his back and um, was reduced to time served. And then as he got out, uh, you're, you're seeing more cannabis uh, prisoners coming out, and there's more people that are still in there that need to be released. Uh, Unfortunately, the Justice Department still uh, is holding uh, men and women in prison for long, lengthy sentences, and these draconian sentences need to not only be withdrawn, they need to be taken off the books and did away with. So I think the fight really needs to get our, our members of society out that are serving these lengthy sentences, but they need to be abolished. That way, uh, in our future, our children and so forth doesn't have to uh, live in fear of going to prison for cannabis-related issues. All right. Well, cool, Randy. Um, Is there anything that you want our listeners to know that we haven't talked about? No, not really. That uh, hey, life is good, and uh, treat each other one everybody with respect and love, and that's what you'll get in return. Okay, okay. Well, um, I want to thank you for coming on this morning, and we'd love to have you on more and more in the future. We just really wanted anytime, to hear your voice. I, um, anytime I'm available. I'd love to. Uh, looking forward to coming out and joining you guys out in California. I've got some things in the works that with Eugene. Eugene and I, he was my I'm, – I'm still on paper, so he was uh, the legs and the eyes out there for something that uh, – a project that we're working on. So hopefully uh, by next year I'll be out there living out in California and uh, putting a, a little bit more effort uh, physically uh, with you guys. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, um, I don't know if you listening before you came on, we had George Monterano on, and he was really excited because today has been basically a year today since he found out that he was getting released. 
then he got he got it released was. a couple of days later. Yeah, so he's he was talking about what the what freedom felt for him for over the past year and how he's just running every day and doing all that. In fact, we got to meet George. He came out to the Seattle Hemp Fest, and I got to meet him, and it was really exciting. And um, he, yeah, he talked about how you know you're you're a good person and everything else. So I just want to let you know that yeah, George George is doing good. And I know you yeah. do on the prison stuff. So. Yeah, George is a, is a very good, dear friend of mine, great guy. Uh, we lived in the same unit at USP Coleman and uh, just love spending time with him. Uh, can't wait till uh, I can, we can both uh, be together and without the Justice Department uh, saying anything about convicted felons being together, which is kind of really <laughs> bizarre, for real. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, George is a great man, and I'm I'm looking forward to coming out and uh, participating in some of them hemp festivals. Uh, hey, sign me up. Okay, okay. In fact, um, if we, if there is one next year, they're they're talking about they don't have enough funds to make it last another year. But if there is one next year, I've already spoke with them about having a area just for prison. Oh, nice. So, yes. Yeah, there'll be a sign perfect place for you. Coming. Yes, for sure. Well, Randy, I love you, and I thank you so much for every sacrifice, every year, every second you spent in prison, and every every second you spend calling into our show and talking with us. We appreciate it a lot. Hey, you guys are awesome. I love the calls. Uh, anything I can do to be a part of it, please uh, let me know. Okay, cool. Thank, thank you, Randy. Bye. Have a good luck on your TV show. I can't wait. I can't wait to see your TV show. I'm so anxious. Uh, Thank you. I'll I'll send you the links and so forth as soon as it starts airing. Okay. Perfect. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Have a great day. You too. Bye. 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 Okay, bye. Oh, Rudy, I'm so happy we got to hear Randy's voice today. Yeah, me too. It's always a blessing to hear Randy. Oh. Oh, he just touches my heart. He's so he's so cute. <laughs> Well, you guys, him and George and Eugene. Gosh, Eugene is missing his friends, I know. But, you know, don't you feel like Eugene listens to the show every Sunday? Oh, yeah. He probably hears it before we even make them. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel feel like Eugene and my dad and, of course, all the other people like Stacy's uncle, Gary Shepard, or, yeah, Gary Shepard and, even even Jack Hare, I do believe that they are on the other side. They're probably listening to the show. My dad's probably saying, oh, Jim, Chris, why'd you say that? You know, they're, they're all probably just sitting there just having a great time <laughs> listening to us. Yeah, Jack just rolled up a big, fat joint for them all. They're sitting around the heavenly campfire smoking a joint, listening to our show every Sunday. I'm quite sure. I know they are. I know they are. In fact, we should have a rest and peace day where we have a representative from all of our people who have passed away call in on behalf of them and, and be able to, you know, tell a little story about them or something just to just to kind of keep their, their memory alive. Not a sad sounds show. Like a a show. Memorial day. Um, sounds like a good yeah. Memorial Day thought. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, you guys, we have we, – Stephanie Landa was supposed to call in at, at 10.15 – but she hasn't called in yet. I sent her a reminder. She asked for a reminder. Haven't haven't sent it. She hasn't re- responded yet. So we're hoping that she will call in before the show is over, um, and let us know what's going on with um with her what she's working on. That's commissary money, freedom freedom grow. 
And if she doesn't call in, we're going to update you guys about Freedom Girl and what it is and how you can help on her behalf. Um, but until then, she hasn't called. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring Tom on. And usually we don't have Tom till the end of the show because he kind of says really thoughtful words. It just sums up the whole show. It's really nice. But we're going to bring him on early while we wait for Stephanie. And if Stephanie hasn't called in yet, we'll probably end the show a little bit early. But um, in the meantime, we're going to hear from Tom, and he's going to give us our Northern California chap, our Northern California update. Uh, Tom is a representative from the Human Solution International, and a, a representing the Northern California chapter of their group. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Uh, top of the day. I want to thank Kristen and Mindy for hosting another historical radio show. In Northern California, uh, we continue to set precedents. Uh, I'm here with Dr. David Allen today. Uh, i got to remember Dr. David Allen. Spent yes, we loved months. him. Yes, spent 14 months in prison. Uh, won his case on jury nullification. Yes. Uh, we're, still, uh, we're still trying to find an attorney for him. Uh, he goes to a, a hearing uh, in November, so we're still working on it. It's hard to find attorneys. Uh, hmm. And a lot of these attorneys, it seems like they take the money and run. It's just a shame. Uh, I know. Yeah, Doc might share some of that today. Uh, I'm just remembering to breathe. Uh Good. In California, I want to thank, first of all, I want to thank Shelby for talking today. Uh, when we talk about Shelby's case, uh, Dr. Allen was there. Can you believe they had a cannon in the front yard? Uh, uh, the many hearings and the 35 preliminary hearings we went to, more than once the judge brought out how weak this case is, uh, actually admonishing uh, the DA uh, and asked one day he says why am I still hearing this case uh, point being is that what a waste of time and taxpayers money uh, disrupting lives and families like like uh, uh, also uh, we missed the radio show last week I'm going to catch up uh, on court support in order California uh, we had the Benos, uh, and we had uh, uh, Trevor Elkhorn up in Shasta, up in Reddy. Uh, uh, and Joseph Tully was there. When Joseph Tully comes into courtroom, uh, everything changes. Uh, he's really taking them on. He's really, he's really uh, upset with what's going on up in Shasta, Shasta County, and uh, how. They're, they're so out of line. Uh, he actually took he actually took the uh, the DA outside, general DA outside, and reprimanded. And uh, so, uh, Benos uh, is going to go on to uh, he had his turpitude motion uh, and pitches motions. Uh, which, uh, which uh, brings the uh, officer's credibility in check and the, and the records. Uh, this is something that all defendants want to think about, uh, not only subpoenas, but these pitches most. Tully's rule is going to go back uh, 
let's see, I got, it's really hard for me to keep up. <clears throat> I got my calendar full in Northern California. One of the points I want to make is not only the Bennells, Trevor Alcorn, uh, Nick Rand, Alex Lyons, uh, Eric Pierce, uh, Matt Sears, they're all taking uh, <laughs> taking uh, courts on file. Uh, this is always our mindset. Uh, Kristen knows, we've talked about it before. Uh, if more people would, would take them on to trial, I think only about 7% do, uh, we wouldn't be here today. We don't want a war a long time ago. They just can't do it. It ties up the court, costs them millions of dollars, which we always point out. Uh, so, then uh, turpitude motion now, he's going to go on all the way into December. Uh, totally always brings out, uh, there's some sections, some of the rules uh, that the longer you keep it going on, uh, agenda goes away. Uh, we, we see the end of end prohibition uh, is, is near. Uh, on, uh, so he actually got too much. And then it's not going back. Uh, to set aside evidence, motion can be made. I'm just reading my notes here. Just bear with me. Uh, they, he won the gun charges. Uh, he's going back uh, to uh, set aside motion on a gun magazine. They're making a big thing out of this gun magazine. Uh, so he goes back on uh, December 5th at 10 a.m., uh, that's 1655 West Street, Redding, California. Uh, local court support has always requested. Uh, we'll go a long ways when there's actually a jury trial, and the jury's there uh, the most important time for court support, but always local court support, uh, not only support the defendant to bear witness to the injustices that go on inside these courtrooms. You just, it's just inconceivable what goes on inside these courtrooms. Is why we come. Uh, Alcorn was up the same day. Fennel uh, was at 1.30. Trevor Alcorn was at 2 p.m. Uh, his case, oh my God, uh, basically, he wasn't even there when they busted, they busted, raided him, uh, his mom. Uh, uh, this, this, uh, Celine, uh, they busted him for her uh, DHO oils, her RSO oils. Uh, they they just they overlooked his uh, 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 service, uh, you know, cannabis service delivery service. They overlooked that. They looked, all they, they charged him with with it. And now his mom has uh, turned against him and was going to testify against him if she could believe this as a mom. Now, they've made, him, they've made Trevor uh, a pretty fair plea bargain considering and his mom uh, just uh, one, one charge of uh, running a place where drugs uh, were uh, being, uh, where drugs were present on that level. I'm not sure exactly the... Uh, uh, he's got two weeks to think about it, and uh, so he's going to go back uh, on October. Let me see right here. Uh, without my calendar, I couldn't do it. Even with my calendar, it's hard to keep up, and we always 
uh, uh, suggest folks going to the calendar of human solutions international.org. All the all the uh, cases are posted there, and uh, you know, we uh, suggest that defendants post their their, their case there so we can uh, muster court support for them. Uh, so Trevor's going back on uh, October 3rd, uh, 2 p.m. at in his third settlement conference. Uh, he's got a couple weeks to make his mind up when he's going to take this plea deal. And when we talk about plea deals, uh, we want to we want to uh, I'm going to bring up diversions again that Joseph Tully, uh, our top trial attorney. Joseph Tully and our friend, one of the exceptions to the rule when it comes to attorneys. Uh, back, uh, Christian, you remember back with the Barge 7? Uh, yeah. And, you know, well, I'm going to cut to the chase with all seven, what happened to all of them. Uh, basically, what I want to say is Hi Tram and the two kids, they took the diversion, which Tully suggests. Uh, and he calls me last week at about uh, 7.30 in the morning. I don't even get up till 8, 8, 8.30, and he wanted me to court. Now, this was 18 months ago that he made this deal. Actually, with my PD, uh, my first PD, when we went through our case, Robert Radcliffe, I want to compliment him for, for following through on his diversion. Also, Jodea Foster up here. Uh, it, uh, he also got a diversion for one of the defendants. What that says is, when you get when you get charged with a felony, wobbler, misdemeanor, it screws you. The bottom line is that you want to have a dismissal on the end. That's diversion. Uh, you could actually plead to the judge or a jury or write a letter. My my wife alone is still on probation. When we made our deal in a letter, uh, cobbled plea to this deal, which was pretty good. I would have made one exception right now. I would have made sure that there was a diversion on hand and that once uh, a defendant has paid all their dues, has completed probation successively, there should be a dismissal on hand. Well, this is what happened with Ty Tran. He went to court, he went and they dismissed the whole case. He came by and thanked me. He said the most important thing was the avocation that we did, advocating just some simple uh, and getting connected with the right attorneys. This is what we do. Uh, we advocate with the PDs and attorneys, and uh, we actually keep it online. Our, our mindset is always 995 dismissed, traverse, quash, and deferred. Uh, the uh, warrant uh, uh, on probable cause. Uh, speaking of that, I want to bring up probable cause with uh, Eric Pierce, uh, who Alex Lyons, who I talk about Alex, I could talk about his case for two hours. It's historical. It's different than all the cases. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I don't know how much time I have. But I hope I have we're right, we're about to run out of time here, Tom. I, okay, and I do so, want to point out, isn't it amazing that they're in the lovely state of California, where apparently weed is abundant, and also are the prisoners? 
Right. Well, okay, so I'll, I'll try to cut to the chase here. Uh, uh, right now, I want to stop, uh, shout out to uh, Mark and Kyle Goldham. Uh, they just joined the Human Citizen International. They're going to become sponsors. Uh, they joined our journey to helping prohibition. Uh, uh, Mark's son, I've known Mark and Kyle for years. Uh, his son, Kyle. The ghost Gotham is a is a cage fighter, a stream cage fighter. The point I want to bring out here is that Kyle says that that all all fighters only use cannabis, uh, and they're allowed to have their CBDs uh, uh, while while they're while they're actually there while they're fighting. Uh, I think that's pretty historical uh, that we're proving that yes, cannabis. Uh, is indeed a medicine and beneficial. Uh, also, uh, David Allen's here today. Uh, I don't know if he wants to talk. He's right out here. Uh, I just want to thank David for uh, all the years that he's come. David's here today. And uh, he's one thing I want to say about Alex Lyons' case and how it's different. Now, Alex Smith. Eric Pierce, they're just young kids in jail a month for what? Trimming. Think about it. So now they say trimming is part of cultivation. Uh, Alex Lyons' case is different in that he, again, waived his rights to waive time and took him straight on. And he's still in demand in a speedy trial. Uh, I brought out before D.A. Kenny's. Uh, actually, uh, Alex Lyons got rid of uh, Norton, D.A. Norton. She's one of the worst up here in Butte County. Uh, D.A. Jennings is an exception to the rule on that. He actually works with the defendant. He's working with uh, with Alex. Uh, he's sympathetic with his case. He knows that he knows that Alex uh, was honest and tried to stay within the laws and the guidelines. Alex. Reluctantly, it's allowed D.A. Jennings more time because D.A. Jennings uh, caught with his pants down and didn't need uh, more time to read the case. Well, Alex has agreed to allow him more time. Why? Because D.A. Jennings is working with him. And uh, Alex has agreed he could use some more time to build his case, too. Uh I just remember to breathe. <laughs> Daughter reminds me. <laughs> uh, so Alex goes back uh, October 13th at 1.30 p.m., and that's on Court Street right here in Oroville. Uh, uh, he's, uh, he was going to try to talk today, uh, try to get the defendants to talk more. I think it's so important. Uh, okay, I'm going to cut. I'll just got to chase here. I could expound on each one of these cases, but I try to do is I post in the calendar and I try to get it on Facebook a synopsis on each one of these cases. Uh, uh, so share whatever you can and couple of courts for for folks. Uh, there's nothing like uh, uh, if you've ever been up there facing a judge, the jury alone. Uh, it's pretty lonesome up there when Shelby will tell you and all, all the uh, defendants will tell you how important it is to have people watching your back and uh, 
keeping an eye on what's going on inside these courtrooms. Okay, I want to thank. Well, Tom. Uh, I think Mindy and all all the folks in the front line coming together to end prohibition. Uh, no one should be jailed for our plan. Uh, and like Donna said right here, she said, "Don't forget to breathe." And thank you all today. Thank you, Donna. <laughs> yes, and thank you, thank you both of you and uh, Dr. Allen for listening. And uh, anybody out there in Northern California, if you want to find out more about what Tom's up to, check yeah. out on Facebook, Tom Corby, at K O R B Y, and uh, go to the Human Solution International webpage if you want to find out more about the cases there. And again, thank you so much, Tom. We're going to get going to the last couple callers. Okay, we want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so now we've got uh, Jeff Eichen on the line, and he is shooting the documentary called Lifers. Um, Jeff is just going to let us know what's going on with the Lifers. Then after that, we're hoping that Stephanie had had called in by then. Um, We do have a call on the line, so while Jeff is talking, I'm going to be screening the call, so Mindy and Jeff are going to chit-chat for a second. I'm going to bring Jeff on. Um, good morning, Jeff. How is the Lifers documentary coming on? And I will be right back. I'm going to screen this call, and Mindy's going to chat with you for a second. Super. Morning, I really Jeff. appreciate it. Good morning, everybody. So how's yep. it going over there? We are on edit F, as in uh, future, and um, that means that every time I share my film with the public, included on our green carpet at Hempfest this year uh, with people from L.A. and uh, Super Media there. It was really fun. And all you all, um, it was just really a fun night. Um, every time I get feedback, and I also, when I interviewed George, um, I add to my film. Uh, it's not ready to go to festivals yet or to go into the public. Um, I'm trying to recruit a sound engineer to help me uh, clean up my sound. I'm not a filmmaker, but I'm acting like one, and it feels really good going on the inside and being the voice of our um, our prisoners who can't uh, really be heard. And I believe through film, we can reach uh, millions instead of hundreds. Well, I, I, I can't tell that you're not a filmmaker, Jeff. You, you, you seem like a filmmaker to me. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> A lot of filmmakers started off, uh, you know, being a still photographer, which I have been. And, and, um, you know, if you ask me if I'm a professional, that means only when I get paid, you know? So, uh, so I really enjoy what I'm doing and being their voice is so important. I met this gentleman, Richard Sarad, and, um, he's from Canada and he fills in on the, on the radio show called coast to coast. And Coast to Coast is on every night. It's been on for 30 years. And um, and it started off in a garage. And it's actually the paranormal uh, radio station. Millions of people listen to it every night. And on October 9th, everybody, check in um, uh, 9 o'clock Pacific Coast time. Um, I'm going to be on the radio show Coast to Coast. And then they're going to interview me about reform. And we're going to have a whole half an hour of me reaching out to millions to uh, cool. to share the travesty. Cool. So, yeah, get me a link to that. I'll share it. I'll go on Facebook. I'll share it everywhere, too. I think that's awesome. 
Good job, Jeff. <laughs> You're getting, getting the voices out there in the mainstream. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. So, that's so yeah. So, yeah, the mainstream is going to get us on October 9th. So let's really prop this one up um, and get everybody on our network to to hear it and see it and listen to it. And uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm really um, going to be pushing pretty soon to uh, to raise my three million dollars. I want to share the money that I that I raise um, for restitution. And if it, people don't know what that word means, it means that uh, we pay our prisoners who have been in life without payment, or as you say, 12 cents an hour for 20, 30 years. And I want to put their money away so when they come out, we pay them, we give them you know, 10, 15, 20, whatever, um, in a trust fund where they could only use the money for food and shelter and maybe computers so they can get a, a, a leg back and that we honor them as being in jail improperly. And Jeff, that sounds like you're working on the perfect world. In fact, make it more perfect. I think that the dang prisons and the federal system should have to pay the prisoners themselves instead of us raising the money. But well, yeah, but so, so the bottom line is, is that, is that um, you know, we only have a little while left with Obama to get my film to him, but Trudeau actually did say that he wanted to release all plant prisoners, and they talk to each other, and I just pray that, um, that Obama figures it out a little bit longer, and he lets out, you know, 500, 1,000, all of them. And um, before he, he leaves office or even after he leaves office, if he would be an advocate and hang out with Jill Stein and Bernie, baby, then um, we would be able to end this whole mess. And, you know, I listen to your radio show. I listen to everybody else. We're talking about it, but we're really not on the trenches, um, you know, really deeply doing it. And I and I have to get back myself to going into more prisons. Um, I've done, you know, a little bit. And um, I think that um, if I get more visibility, if I get to Bill Maher, who smoked a joint on his TV show the other night, um, he didn't, but one of his one of his people did. If we get really hard about this, I think we can do it. We can do it, Jeff. I want to go. I want to smoke a show. I want the whole audience to smoke a joint together. I want to I want to pass pass the blunt around in the audience. Well, we should I'm totally have a. We should go on Bill Maher when he when he finds we out should. about me. You know, we should go on with Willie Nelson. We should get Snoop Dogg. You know, because mm-hmm. my theory is that a lot of these superstars that are 420 friendly are still working towards recreation instead of li- yeah. you know remembering our brothers and sisters you know, fathers and mothers and children in jail for us. Right, right. All right, Jeff. Well, we're on a, we got to move on to our next guest, but I want to just thank you so much for being a voice through the media and through video and through people being able to put a, a visual grasp to what's going on in the world. I think it's really cool what you're trying to do and how you're trying to save the prisoners. So, and I also want to thank you for coming on. And anytime you want to come on, just give us a call and let us know. And we would love to have you on. Let let us know what's going on with your mission, our, our whole remember, mission. We all share. Remember, everybody, we're going to be on coast to coast radio. You can get the the Cairo News um, app on your phone and listen to it every night. But we'll be on at nine o'clock Pacific Standard Time on the West Coast here. 
um, on October 9th. It's going to be huge and reaching millions. So, so call in, everybody. Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Love you. Have a good day. Happy Sunday. Love you, too. Okay. Love you, too. Oh, yeah. We'll see you together soon. Love you. Say hi to Mom. Okay. I will. Okay. Hi, Mindy. Okay. Have a good one, Jeff. Yeah, love you. All right, you guys, that was Jeff Eichen. That was Jeff Eichen from the movie Lifers, the documentary. You can do, you can go to his website. I believe it's lifers.com and check it out. Find out what you can do to participate and, you know, put the word out there. He's looking for he's looking for um celebrities to help endorse our prisoners on uh in his video. So check it out. Okay, well, next we're going to go to Stephanie Landa, who runs a group called Freedom Grow, where she raises hey, really personally. Yes. While you're bringing Stephanie on, I just want to say real quick, Randy forgot to tell us that he had an interview with Automobile Magazine for the October and November issue, and he wanted to let us know that the TV show is called Back on Track. Wait, he had an interview you cut out after you said the November issue, and then what? Oh, Automobile Magazine. Wow. In November oh and October. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go get it, and I'm going to take pictures of it, and I'm going to show everybody that he's in the magazine. That is so cool. That is so cool. Oh, our our lifers are doing the most amazing things, I swear. Well, you guys, we're going to go to Jeez, I know. We're going to go to Stephanie Landa, who is also an ex-POW doing amazing things. She's raising commissary money for all of our people who can't work for more than 12 cents an hour who are locked up in prison. And her son is in prison, and she went to prison and got freed, so she knows exactly what it's like. But we're going to find out what she's doing in Freedom Grow and how you can help this morning and what's going on in Stephanie's life. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. Prison sucks. <laughs> morning, Stephanie. Good morning, Mindy. So yeah, yeah prison sucks, sucks, and if you don't have money, it sucks even more. Fortunately, I'm... my kid has money, and he has yeah, money yeah. to do whatever he feels like doing. And he's in the fire department, even though he has to do all these drills and stuff at five in the morning all day long that real firemen do because he has to pass a test. In fact, there's tests every single day. And Good for him. They have to get, yeah, they have to get like seconds closer every time. So is this wow. something that he might continue when he gets out? Does does he enjoy no working with the fire department? No way. No way. Okay. No. 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 My, no. We're we're a committed family. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, <laughs> what can I say? Um. Everything else is okay. High Times is next weekend. I'm pretty sure even though we're totally not prepared. Ah, this coming weekend. Oh, geez. And I think we're doing root beer floats because it's Halloween or something at the Oz booth. So that's all I know right now. I won't know anymore until after the weekend. Okay. Okay, because so, we, we, we were talking to... We were talking to um, uh, Amber Taylor, Thomas Landis' daughter, and he is—he's. We're gonna hope that you can get him some commissary money. We told him we would mention mention her, tell you about her dad. He's serving life for a joint. He's the, she's the one who's serving life for a joint. So she's gonna get us the link so that um, you're 
your um, yeah, nonprofit. Yeah, and I've before. Okay, so, okay. Um, I have his um, number and stuff. So okay. I'll put him at the top of the list. So while you're sitting there at the High Times Cup fighting your butt off to raise this commissary money for the prisoners, people who aren't at the Cup can also help online by making a donation to your website, like right now or tomorrow or the next five minutes. And it could go directly onto a prisoner's commissary to help them. And your your and you um, know your website, uh, freedomgrow.org. But you know, okay. if everybody just like smoked a joint and decided to go on and put four twenty on, you know how quick that would add up. Like that really, would, that would be amazing. I think that anybody who smokes pot should at least. Put four dollars and twenty cents on because I know they spent more than that this week on their medicine. Right. Well, they could spend that on the medicine for people that are heroes that are doing time for us. You know, I mean, and it's their medicine, really. Toothpaste, the toothbrush, you know, heavy medicine. Well, I feel (laughs) like people don't. Don't realize that, like, if we had a million people donate $4.20, that we could really help be making a huge impact on our prisoners' lives and maybe even possibly fish in that way. But I feel like we got to get the word out and, like, maybe make – I mean, and I know I say it's still going to be so hard for me to make a fire because i got to work every day this week. But the next couple weeks, maybe I can make a fire that says, you know, go on this website, donate $4.20, help a plant prisoner in need, or something like that, and, and we could share and the images here. Yeah, they probably have that in change, you know. Change for change. Right, okay. Oh, oh I like it. I like it, Seth. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I love everybody out there, and I'm so glad, like, people are giving time to the lifers, like, I mean, we are all in the trenches, you know, like we've been in the trenches for a long time here. And we all know in the, you know, the choir that people are in jail for life. Every time I tell somebody, they go, no way, no way. I'm like, no way, really. Just life, nonviolent <laughs> pot. And yeah, so they always really think good. there's something more. Yeah, it's really good when people make movies or like Amy goes all over the world you know, just campaigning like she does. I mean, she's she's just got like a few more people out. Now she's taking up little lifers for pot. So it's like before it was just women. Now it's taking right. a lot of men. You know, she's like yeah. moved into that arena. And we've discussed it a lot of times that I can't do just women. And she, you know, joined the... Now it doesn't matter if you're a male or female, which was great. I know. I saw Farrell Scott. I I saw Farrell Scott on the Can Do page, and that was really exciting. He's I've been, um, you know, I've had time to get to know Farrell for about a year now, and it's been nice to see his name getting out there. He's a lifer in I believe he's in Oklahoma. No, Texas. Oh, heck, I don't know. I'm one of those really bad states. Yeah, I never know where anybody is. I just know that I send everything to the post office box. 
<laughs> Money orders all go to the same place. I don't care where they are. <laughs> I am off. Yeah. Okay, well, I love you girls. And we love you I miss too, you, Jean. And Randy called me. That's how I remembered to call in. He called and said, hi. I said, oh, no, i got to call you back. I sent you a message on Facebook. I should have texted you, but I sent it to Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't get well, the I'm glad Randy called. On. Yeah, I know. I know. Me too. Okay, we're oh. all family. So, well, yeah, thank you for Sunday. Okay, thank you, and I'm sure glad I got to before the ending of the show. I love you, oh, girls. Yeah. Love you too. Bye. Love you too, Bye bye. Well, she's. I want to right now. Thank everybody for listening. We had uh, Adam was on the line. We got your mama on the line. Um, we had a lot mom. of. Yes, we had Dr. Allen. We got Liz listening. We've had. Off and on, we've had tons and tons and tons of people calling in. Well, not tons and tons. That would be like, I don't know, not possible. But everybody, thank you. Yeah, and thank you. I really want to say on a personal note that my youngest biological child turns 18 on Wednesday. So I want to say happy birthday to my daughter Micah, and uh, and everybody congratulate me on making it through. Two girls till they're both 18. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> On Wednesday. I feel your pain. I feel your pain, Mindy. I, I'm, I'm, I hear you. I'm right there. <laughs> I know you do. You got a, you got a, you got one that's, uh, yep, she's a beautiful one, too. Boy, you need to have a bat by 16. your door. 16, <laughs> I do. more years, girl. <laughs> oh, my God. Ryan, <laughs> that would be just like you, Mindy. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, Mindy, is there anything else before we go into our closing? No, I just, again, thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a great week. And if you hear any stories or things you want us to cover on the show, send us a Facebook message, either on our Voices of the Cannabis War or on Kristen's Facebook or my Facebook, and, uh, you know, let us know what you want to hear about. All right, cool. Well, you guys, we've got 90 seconds left, so I'm just going to dig right into the to the uh, memorial that we're going to do, and I'm going to do it fast. Um, I don't. I've, I've been going into this. Get I can get into this real deep. But first, we want to thank everybody for listening, and also, if you want to volunteer, help us stream calls Sunday morning, or help us donate. Right now, we are paying for this radio show um, out of our own money, out of our own pocket money. So if you want to donate. $30 a month to our website or $40 a month to our radio show. Please do. In fact, I have a, a list of um, of uh, things I go into and a, and a song I play at the end, but right now my computer completely froze up. So I'm just going to do this off of memory. I hope I don't leave anybody out and my computer will be up by the time it's over. But um, remember, you have the power to say not guilty to any victimless crime if you're ever called a jury duty. and you're, It's not just your job to judge. Has this law been been broken? Because most likely it has. If they're sitting there and they're going to trial, you know, they probably grew a plant. They were probably did something they weren't supposed to. Who knows? But if you don't think it's a bad crime and you think it's a shouldn't be a crime, then you have the power. You can say not guilty, and that person doesn't have to go to prison. 
And as a juror, you don't know the full story. All you know is what the government has allowed you to know. You only know what the government has allowed you to know. You do not know what that defendant wants you to know. So please vote not guilty at any not any nonviolent crime and refuse to, to, to give in to this slavery that's going on in 2016. Next, um, if you are a snitch, please stop. Just stop it right now because what happens, you know, you're thinking, okay, well, I can't do this to my kid. I have to, I have to snitch. Otherwise, I won't be able to raise my kid. But if all the snitches all at once said not gu- said that they're going to vote not guilty and go to trial, okay, if it all happened at once and everybody gave up snitching at the same time, this war would be completely over, period, done, end of discussion. So please vote not guilty to any or please, please do not snitch. You guys, I'm trying to get my computer on because I'm a little nervous about going into closing without my list. I don't want to miss out any of our heroes. So I'm, I'm not paying attention to what I'm saying, really. But just don't snitch. It's not good. Okay, so next I am going to start this closing from without my list. So I want to first honor a hero to us, Mr. Eugene Fisher, who we have ta- discussed quite a bit during the show. Eugene Fisher sacrificed his whole life by trying to get us cannabis by shipping it into the country back in the in the early 90s. Eugene Fisher risked everything and went to prison for life. He freed himself after 25 years and fought to free his co-defendants and other prisoners that he left behind. Eugene um, got sick while he was in prison and that sickness stemmed off into his life after he got himself freed and he, he, he passed away not too long ago. So rest in peace. To the mentor of this radio show, Mr. Eugene Fisher, he'll never be forgotten. Um, next, I'm going to say rest in peace to my father, Richard Floor. Rest in peace, Dad, who died shackled to a bed. I was actually got to be with him during his death, which really meant a lot to me because he was with me for my birth. And in order to see him off in life, um, he saw me into this life. So. You know, after everything that the federal government did to him, after all the chains, after all the shackles, after everything, it was just an honor to see this man that I believe is like God go off into the next world. So I I always talk about all these things I'm upset about, and I'm just really grateful to be able to spend the last couple minutes with my dad. Although they were tormenting, (laughs) um, I was able to look into his beautiful blue eyes and watch him leave this earth. Yeah, he was still shackled to a bed. He was still shackled to the bed. He was half dead. He had been half dead for a long time, but he was still hanging on. He was still surviving right up until the time he left us. He was fighting for all of us. So um, rest in peace, Dad. Next time I want to say rest in peace to Gary Shepard. Okay, this man, oh my goodness, this man affected our world by standing up to the feds when their guns were pointed at him because he grew some plants in his backyard. This man fought for us all and was shot down. He lost the fight. He was shot down over 20 times a couple years, about a couple decades ago, 20, I think it was 22 years ago he was shot down. But he left behind his family. He left behind Mary Jane Jones, who was also shot down by the feds, but she survived. Mary Jane Jones lived to be um, another 20, 20 years or so. She just recently passed away, so rest in peace to her. Um, next, I want to say rest in peace to Jack Kerr. 
who wrote us a couple books, or a book called The Emperor Wears No Clothes, where you can get um, anywhere on the Internet. I believe you can download the book for free, actually. So check that out, uh, The Emperor Wears No Clothes. Um, also, rest in peace to uh, Peter McWilliams, who wrote us a lot of inspirational books that motivated us. He was a human rights leader for our gay community, and he fought for them. He was a libertarian. He fought for cannabis, and from what I understand, he passed away on probation because he couldn't use the plant to take his medicine, and he was uh, used it for nausea. In fact, I, from what I understand, he, he died while he was choking on his own vomit. Like, that, that's a miserable way to go out in this world. So rest in peace to him. Also, rest in peace to two little children, Cashy Hyde and uh, Spencer Coptis, who were using the plant to cure their brain Tumors, well, when their caregivers were raided, the brain tumors, um, they grew out of control. And these poor little victimless children uh, passed away right in the middle of the war. Also, I want to say rest in peace to Elaine Salmons, who was an ONAC tribal member who, um, who was using the plant when the post office intercepted her ability to have the plant access to the plant well then when the, then the tribe is looking at charges and they wouldn't give it back well in the meantime this poor woman suffered so much from not having the plant and passed away rest in peace to her also rest in peace to adam's mom we love you um thank you for being there for us and helping us um she was using the plant to fight her cancer and just not having access to it like she should um put us all in a, in a tragic world because she left a son that helped us fight for our prisoners like crazy, crazy, crazy. So rest in peace to Dee Young. Also rest in peace to Curtis Cecil, whose father calls into a radio show every Sunday, who was not able to call in today. Um, and his son passed away a couple years ago. And, Curt, and Craig wasn't even allowed to go to his funeral because he was serving his life sentence for cannabis. Also rest in peace to Oscar, who is uh, Eugene and George's friend. Um, in prison, they say he went to FCI in the sky, and also to Bill Lamorte, who passed away right on the 4th of July while he was in prison serving a life sentence. After 20 years, he grabbed his chest in the prison yard and died there from a major heart attack. Um, that is no way to die, for a plant prisoner to die in prison. Bill Lamorte, was, the voice was taken away, but it, he will not ever be forgotten on our radio show. Um, also, to Gene Halden, um, who died on Thanksgiving Day, who fought for our rights, denied medical care in prison, who had cannabis um, dispensaries, I believe. I got to hear a little, a little bit more about that, but Gene shouldn't have died for a plant ever. None of our people should have died for a plant. With that said, um, also rest in peace to, I just got it pulled up here, uh, my friend uh, Fumo Bernardo Martinez, who helped, helped me fight so hard by getting videos out for our people. Um, and I think I lost my internet connection, so I'm not sure if I lost everything, but I want to look it on a song for to play a song here real quick for you guys. Um, I just got my computer pulled up, so the songs are not available like they should be, but I'm, I'm going down here. We're going to try to find a familiar song. It's going to be Kushite Seeks to, because I'm going down alphabetically. And that's the next one I'm going to fall into. Uh, no More War. And I'm only going to play one song this morning um, for you guys. Let's see. Kushite Seeks. L-M-N. Maybe it's under just L-M-N. 
No More War is what it's called. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys, I'm not prepared. Actually, there it is. Have a beautiful Sunday. Thank you for listening to the Voices of Cannabis War. Place for 
gunshots, body bags, cannibalism amongst our peers. You see, we murder by disagreements and we shake hands with our enemies. We shake hands with our enemies and murder by disagreements and put up on a pedestal with some sort of achievement. Being a man is not based on the people you shot or how poor you can fight. Being a man is one who's able to feed his family when times are tight. We are in a recession, suffering with oppression, so lower your Bibles and load your weapons. How many times must we pray before we start losing our blessings? How many loved ones must we lose before we taught ourselves a lesson? Reach one, each one, teach one, empower them. All right, you guys have a beautiful Sunday. Thank you for listening.